Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. We are taking a journey through the decades. We want to help you live out your retirement vision, whether you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, and beyond. This is part one in a three-part series, and today we're focusing on the 60s. I'm Molly Nelson, host of the podcast here with Rochelle Smith. She's producer of this podcast. We've got Lauren Merkel with us. He's a certified financial planner, a certified financial fiduciary, and a retirement income certified professional. And Anna Marie Morrow, she's the director of Medicare at Merkel Retirement Planning. And we're focusing on the 60s. The 60s, it's a big time for those who are looking to retire, thinking about retire, maybe even retiring. Lauren, Anne-Marie, you sit down with people all the day. In 60s, this is really kind of that that hot time when we talk about retirement. It is because most people are retiring in their early 60s, early to mid-60s. But if you are not actually retiring, you are definitely thinking about it because your friends are starting to retire, your coworkers are starting to retire. You're starting to see what retirement looks like for all the people around you. And you're starting to wonder, is this the right time for you? And then let's not forget all the mail they're getting because 65 is Medicare. Of course, you have to bring us to Medicare. <laughs> right away. Of right away. Right away. <laughs> Nothing about retiring, gate. just straight to we Medicare. We wanted to build up a little to it, but you know what? It's on your mind all the time. Not only are people in their 60s thinking about Medicare, you're not in your 60s quite yet, Anna Marie Morrow, but you are thinking about Medicare all the time because that is what you help families work through all of those decisions. And we'll get to kind of what happens in the 60s. But I did look up some information about when most people retire, and you guys are right. There's some varying numbers, but most commonly women retire at 62 and men retire at 65. So I have dubbed this decade the decade of decisions. So we know Medicare is one of the decisions. Lauren, what other things are people facing in their 60s? Well, in the 60s, you're also considering whether or not you're going to take Social Security because at 62, most people become eligible for Social Security. Not that you're going to take it, but it is a decision that you have to make. And even if you don't take it, that is, an, that is a decision that you are making. Another decision that is not often considered is if you have an advisor, if you've worked with an advisor, do you make a change on the advisor that you're working with? We've talked on this show before about how most advisors are accumulation advisors, which means they focus on accumulation type of strategies. Do you contribute to the deductible IRA or Roth IRA, pre-tax 401k, Roth 401k? Do you buy life insurance? If so, how much life insurance? That kind of stuff. But they don't really address the, the decisions that you're going to have to make as you transition to your 60s and have to enter in these other into these other types of decisions. So oftentimes people will decide to switch to a retirement planner as opposed to an accumulation advisor. So there's a number of decisions that you have to make. And, and unfortunately for some people, uh, these decisions kind of creep up on you where they just come out of nowhere and you didn't even have to know that you were going to make that decision or have to make and that just reminds me, Lauren, I'm glad you brought that up, the difference between the accumulation advisor and the retirement planner, because we just met with a couple for the first time and they sought us out because their accumulation advisor had them elect their social security at age 65, not knowing that it automatically turned on their Medicare part A. So they get their card in the mail for Medicare and they're like, well, wait, we didn't elect this. This means we have to stop our HSA contributions. What happened? And they're like, oh, we didn't know it did that. So that's another one of those. There's a big difference between a retirement planner and that accumulation advisor. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes people have to live through that experience before they really understand the difference. I mean, they, they listened to our podcast and maybe watch our TV show. And sometimes we talk about the difference, but it doesn't really click until they have that experience. And then they go, wait a minute, there is a very 
real difference between what advisors, what professionals do. And now we need somebody who specializes in these decisions, this phase of life that we're in. And going back to that couple, is turning on Medicare Part A a bad thing because they were both still working and they're insured under their employee plan and don't need Medicare? It it could be. I mean, it it really comes down at that point to whether or not they were maximizing contributions to a health savings account. Because once you elect Part A, which is automatically turned on when you elect Social Security, any HSA contributions have to stop at that point. So if that was a part of your strategy for retirement... That changes that outlook. Yeah, and if that hasn't been communicated to you too, then you're left to wonder, should I be stopping? Should I not be stopping? Have I made the right decision? Does this fit into my overall plan and my retirement goals and my retirement vision? And then that led these this family to then ask the question, well, what else don't they know about? So that was, that was another driving force behind what strategies to implement, how to think differently about an overall retirement plan. Yep. And even pulling back a little, guys, I'm going to reverse just a smidge. I think about being in your 60s, and sure, you're thinking about retirement, right? You have some idea maybe about retirement. But I have to imagine this is the decade where you go, should I? Can I? Do I have enough? I mean, those just even real big picture questions are looming in this decade for some people. Well, that goes into the income portion of their plan because they're thinking about what if they give up these W-2s? And most people in their 60s have are earning more money than what they've ever earned before. So they're thinking about giving up the high income that they have and then replacing it with the other income sources that they have. So they might have, they do have social security, most people, they might have a pension and then they have the investable assets and they're trying to figure out how are they going to replace this income to maintain the lifestyle that they've grown accustomed to and then still make sure that they're not going to run out of money before they run out of time. And it's the development of that income plan that can really provide confidence in that type of decision. But it's something that nobody, uh, up to this point, nobody has had to do that before, right? If you're 50 years old, you're not thinking about your retirement income plan. You really don't start to consider that until maybe a couple years or for some people, a couple months out prior to retirement. So a lot of the stuff we talked about may spark some questions in you. Am I working with a retirement planner? Am I working with an accumulation advisor? Do I have an income plan? When do I elect Medicare? There's a lot to think about just in these first few minutes of talking. So what if you had 15 minutes to talk directly to a retirement planner? You could sure get a lot accomplished. Well, here's a great opportunity. It's a 15-minute retirement checkup call. This is a complimentary call that you can schedule by going to MerkleRetire.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E, Retire.com, and scheduling your 15-minute retirement checkup call today. And you could definitely talk about the concerns that you have in your 60s. So let's talk about this decade of decisions, Medicare. Anne-Marie, are you ready? I'm ready. I knew you were ready. Let's talk about Medicare. Okay, so here's what happens. You turn 65, you're eligible, you turn it on, that's it, right? Yeah, that's it. Simple? Okay. Hey, great podcast. Thank you for listening, everybody. (laughs) Let's break for lunch. (laughs) Ah, if only it were that simple. If only. So you have more than just the election decision to make when you become Medicare eligible. Lay it out for us. Oh, absolutely. You, Yeah, just not only if and when should I elect Medicare, um, how do I avoid the penalty, but then also what comes after that? You know, supplements, what type of health coverage do I want? What, what do my drugs cost me? How do I cover my prescription medications? All of these decisions to make. And then after you first elect it, then you get to review those options every single year after. 
Yeah, what are some of those decisions you have to make even after that initial election at 65? So the good news is once you elect your Medicare A and B, you only have to do that part once. And honestly, that is the hardest part is getting that in place. But afterwards, every year, you just need to review and making sure that your medical coverage, your drug coverage is set up successfully for the next year because those plans do change. Your lifestyle, your health needs might change. So we just keep an eye on that. Annual enrollment, it's just stuff to review for the following year to make sure you're set up how you need to be. But then also every October, we get bombarded with these commercials about the Advantage plan. And so for those of you who are not on the Advantage plan, you're sitting there wondering, what am I missing out on? <laughs> exactly. This sounds really good. I have original Medicare. Should I be going to the Advantage plan? And look how happy the people that are on it oh, look at the commercials. Happy. I mean, some of them are like former professional athletes and they just, they look like it's great. Yeah. So you get all this noise and then you start second guessing decisions you've already made. And because you have the option to make new decisions, each year, this is something that you have to continue to revisit to make sure that you're still confident that you have the best plan for the best cause possible. And what's amazing too is how it fits into your overall retirement plan. You know, this is one of those cases where it's not that siloed decision. You have a retirement plan created to help guide you to the decision that will support your needs for the following year. So we get together all the time, Lauren, and with our other retirement planners, we sit down and we look at that. Okay, what are your goals? What are your, what's your financial situation? What's your planning like? And let's see which move we need to make for the following year to make sure that your overall plan is still setting you up for success. Yeah, absolutely. We have meetings without clients on behalf of our clients to make sure that we're all on the same page as far as what their plan looks like from a Medicare or healthcare standpoint. But then we also visit together with our families that we work with to, to help explain to them what it is that uh, they have uh, and what they have should be changed or should not be changed and make sure that everybody is on the same page. Do I dare mention too, I, I'm hesitating, but I, I'm going to do it. Well, the, the rules of Medicare are set by the federal government. And if there's one thing we know about legislation, it changes. So you as the director of Medicare are waiting each year to see not only premiums change and premiums get set, Irma gets set each year, and then just recently, big changes to Medicare and, and oh, yeah. some of the, just again, the rules associated with it. Yeah, from 2023 through 2029, under recent legislation, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, we see changes within this bill that affect the Part D drug provision throughout these years. Um, whether you've elected your drug card as a standalone drug card or if it's within an Advantage plan, there are significant changes happening and they go throughout the next few years, which can also change the strategies that we use, senior discount cards, um, what, what that coverage will look like, how to use a drug card, and then the, the changes in cost therein as well. So that's a part of considering those changes within, within the plan and making sure that you're aware of it um, so that when annual enrollment does come, that we can be prepared for the changes in the coming year. It seems like 65 is a, a target for a lot of people. They do wait to retire till then because of Medicare. But we also know, we talked about it, women on average retire at 62. So that clearly is before Medicare eligibility they have decisions to make then about their health care. Yeah, we meet with people all the time that want to retire sooner. But the big question is, 
Can I because of healthcare? What does that look like? So basically, before the age of 65, you have two options as far as qualified healthcare goes. Um, the first one is COBRA, which is just an extension of the employer plan that you're already on. You can carry that for up to 18 months. And basically, what that means is you're just taking over whatever the employer was paying toward premium on your behalf. So yes, it's much more expensive than what you were responsible for while you were working, but that is your one of your options. The other option for qualified healthcare coverage would be the open market, also known as Obamacare, also known as the Affordable Care Act, and these plans are found at healthcare.gov. And the big thing with this one is this one... This option is also changing every year because it's offered through the federal government, and so income is a big part of that. Right now, we have a large, a larger than normal, historically looking subsidy available um, to families that need this coverage, and so it, it could be if we put that cost analysis together, it could be a better option financially to go on the marketplace. Or if you're a higher income earner um, and you have retired, if you're doing, if you're implementing Roth conversions or whatever the case may be, we look at that as a part of that whole and making that decision. You could then go with Cobra. So again, it's one of those things that's that's not a silo decision we'll look at your overall plan and see which route to go and it's an important it's important to note that the ACA has to do with your income not your asset level mm -hmm. so Anna Marie we just met with somebody just recently and that you were looking at their options and what what was the uh what was the open market premium what I remember is somewhere around nine hundred fifty dollars a yeah, month. On average, yeah, it depends on where you live, but that's a safe. Uh, and then, based average. on what we're able to get their income down to, what was what was the subsidized premium? Do you remember? I mean, they could pay as little as zero, depending on what type of plan they go on. Yeah, I mean, it was a significant difference for this particular family, and it has to do with what their taxable income is, not their asset level. So there's a, and this is where the healthcare planning intersects the other planning, their income plan and also their tax plan. It's often when people retire where we get to create some really effective tax planning strategies that they've never had access to, to before because of their earned income. Well, when you retire, you don't have the earned income. And so we can pick and choose what strategies we're going to use. Is it going to be some, some tax planning strategies that are going to create a higher level of taxable income now for you, but could save you a bunch of, of uh, money down the road on your retirement tax bill? Or is that going to impact your healthcare premiums to a point where we want to forego the tax plan strategies now until later in order to save significant monthly premiums on your healthcare? And what I think I'm hearing you saying is uh, if you start planning early, you can maybe live off some money that isn't taxable at the beginning of retirement, bring down those premiums or bring down that Affordable Care Act price that you pay. But if you don't think about this ahead of time, it's hard to do it just overnight, right? Yeah, in this particular example, they had some cash. They had some cash in the sidelines. They weren't quite sure what they wanted to do with the cash. Uh, they had some ideas that they were considering, but ultimately what they decided to do is is use cash to ha develop the income that they needed to support their lifestyle. The cash was not taxed, which creates room then to have their healthcare premium subsidized. And that's why as we look across this country, there are many multimillionaires who are paying very little to nothing with their healthcare premiums because of how they're choosing to deliver deliver that income in retirement. Another decision that you at least are thinking about in your 60s is social security. Lauren, I've heard you say it many times. A married couple could have up to everybody now. Here we go. 
81 <laughs> options when it comes to electing Social Security. That's a lot to think about. It's a lot to think about. And most people don't realize there are so many different options because uh, you've probably grown accustomed to receiving a statement in the mail. Uh, and over the last five years, that's changed. And now you log on to SSA.gov and you can see what your 62 age benefit is, your full retirement age benefit is, and then your 70 age benefit is. And so many people think those are the options. You get three, maybe four options until you start doing the analytics on your social security benefits and you realize there's a whole lot more options than what you ever thought. And now it's trying to determine of that maze of options, which is the best for you. And you then have to consider things like Medicare and you have to consider things like your tax plan and you have to consider your investable assets. And do you want to start taking income or more income from your investable assets to defer on social security, take advantage of the six to 8% annual growth on your social security uh, income by deferring it. There's so many things that go into making that type of decision. And then again comes in the noise because you hear your coworkers saying, I took it at 62. You're crazy if you don't want to take it at 62. Or somebody else, maybe your neighbor down the road is saying, you get an 8% increase per year in your Social Security premiums from full retirement age to age 70. You're absolutely nuts not to wait until 70 to maximize your Social Security benefit. So you hear all these different things and you're sitting there wondering to yourself, what on earth do I really do? And that is where the planning comes into play. Analyze what your Social Security options are put it into your overall plan, and then it becomes much simpler to identify which is the best option for you and your family going into retirement. And I especially think of Social Security if you're married or you were married as being a decision where you need to look at the benefit of your spouse or maybe even your ex-spouse in some situations. Yeah, you have to consider all of those. Um, there's some people who have ex-spouses that have a benefit off an ex-spouse and also have a current spouse, could have a survivorship benefit off the ex-spouse uh, or pick from uh, the current spouse. Um, if you're... If you don't have an ex-spouse and you have a current spouse, then you have your benefit. You have your spouse's benefit, potentially. There's so many different benefits to choose from, and it's, and it's hard. It's hard to identify, and especially if you go on the Social Security website. I mean, if you ever go to ssa.gov and try to weed through the various paragraphs that relate to Social Security, I mean, you literally read one paragraph, read another one, and you're, you're more confused than when you started. So it's, it's nice to have those Social Security options laid out to you in a really easy way that you can dissect them and say, I'm confident this is the decision for me. Yeah. And I think what you as retirement planners do is lay them out with their numbers, right? So I think, yes, there's some calculators out there and there's some stuff you can use online, but it doesn't take into account maybe your IRA or the pension that you're getting or the things that are very specific to you. It might just be just your social security numbers. Yeah, over the last decade, there's a ton of social security calculators that are produced online. What they don't take into consideration is the other assets that you have. Most of those social security calculators also don't consider the 81 different options. They will consider what your options are, but maybe not your spouse's option or ex-spouse's option or your survivorship options. So it's nice to have a, a complete calculator to break down the 81 different options that you have, including all of those other variables. But then also it's nice to be able to put those decisions, potential decisions into your overall retirement plan. So you can see if you make this decision today or this year on your social security uh, benefits, this is the long-term implications that it has. If you make this decision, this is the long-term implications that it has. And then you can see which is going to be the best option for you. 
Yeah, I know you use an example a lot of times too with a couple where election difference can be six figures uh, over the lifetime of them taking the social security benefit. We don't talk much about the journey to retirement uh, online workshop here on the podcast, uh, but I think we should probably open that up. Okay. I, I did kind of just pull the door. I peeked in and I said, Lauren, I, I what do we, you think? I think we should open it up because on that journey journey to retirement workshop, we uh, take people through the eyes of a hypothetical couple who is looking to retire. They're both age 62, John and Sue, and they're looking to retire at the age of 65. And so we, we they have some very, some very specific retirement goals and we go through each component of the plan. And in the income piece, we narrow down the 81 different social security options they have to a handful. And we show you if they make decision X, then it would be a lifetime value to them of a certain dollar amount. Let's call it 900,000. If they make a decision Y, it would be worth a lifetime value to them, call it a million dollars. So it's a $100,000 difference between decision X and decision Y and that's something that John and Sue, that's something that's very meaningful to them as they look to try to accomplish their overall retirement goals. And that's one thing with Social Security that a lot of people don't realize also is if you add up the monthly benefits that you could receive over the course of potentially a 20 to 30 year retirement, that could end up being a seven figure retirement income. And if you're just looking at it as a $2,500 a month or $3,000 a month benefit, it's a little bit different when you add it up and say, wow, that's, that could be an over a million dollar lifetime benefit to me. Yeah. And this is really neat to see play out because you put all the numbers up on the screen and you really walk us through how these decisions are so important. So you can see it yourself. It's complimentary. It's an online journey to retirement workshop. You're going to see a lot of cool stuff in this workshop. You're going to see tax planning and we're going to talk about healthcare and all kinds of really really important retirement decisions that are coming up in your 50s, 60s, and 70s. So that website is retirewithmerkel.com. We're going to put a link in our show notes. You can sign up there for a complimentary online journey to retirement workshop. Choose a time and date that works for you. Sit down where you're comfy and learn all about John and Sue. Let's go back to something we talked about at the top of the podcast, the decisions you make in your 60s. And Lauren, one of the tough decisions is you may have to say goodbye to someone you've worked with for a long time. You you alluded to it, the accumulation advisor versus the retirement planner. But I do think at the end of the day, when it's your retirement, it's the money you've worked hard to save. Sometimes you have to make the decision that's best for your spendable income in retirement and maybe not the person, you know, that you've known for 20 or 30 years. Most of the families who come to us that we work with uh, have a, an advisor when they meet us. Um, and sometimes that advisor relationship is really good. Sometimes it's almost like a family relationship. I remember uh, last year somebody came to us and they were talking about how they share a lake home with their advisor. Uh, and it, it was going to wow. be, yeah, I mean, these relationships, <laughs> these relationships sometimes are really tight, but it goes back to what you just said, Molly, is where this is your decision. And this is one of the most important phases of your life. And you're going to have to make some of the most important decisions that you've ever had to make. You want to make sure that you have all the information at your disposal to make these decisions in the best way possible. And having somebody on your team who specializes in these decisions is one of the ways that you can do that. And sometimes it's, it's tough. It's a tough relationship to let go. Uh, but most of the people who come to us, they do make that choice to let that advisor relationship go in a professional capacity, at least. And you have to make that shift from the accumulation advisor to a retirement planner. I also think too, if you set up with a advisor 10, 15, 20 years ago, maybe you got some life insurance, an IRA, something like that, and you haven't heard from that person in five, 10 or 15 years, 
that's hard for me to imagine because I know what we do here. We, we talk to people, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times a year, depending on what happens. Legislation changes. We're reaching out to families. I mean, I just think recently with the Secure Act 2.0, when that legislation passed late in 2022, I mean, right away, we're reaching out to families and say, hey, your RMDs are changing for some of you. Um, let's look at catch-up contribution changes. All those things could impact their retirement plans and we're reaching out right away. If you haven't heard from somebody in a while, it makes me wonder how they could make decisions based on legislation that make your retirement plan, you know, the best it can be. There's definitely a level of proactiveness that's that's necessary when it comes to this phase of your life when there's so many different moving pieces and a lot of these moving pieces you've never had to deal with before. And that's why it's so important to have somebody who specializes in this every single day on your team. The other the other way that you know because sometimes it's hard. It's hard to identify, do I have a retirement planner on my team already? Do I have an accumulation advisor? And one of the sure tell ways to tell is if you're having to bring these ideas and concepts to the current professional you're working with, chance, and you're in this re retirement phase, chances are you don't have a retirement planner. You have an accumulation advisor. Uh, and that, Anna-Marie, you had a great example early on in the podcast, and that reminded me of a of, of an example we recently had where somebody went to our journey online and they were telling me afterwards that after that journey online, they went to their current advisor and they said, you know, I, I just recently attended this, this online workshop and they were talking about all these cool tax planning strategies. Can you do that for me? And the advisor said, yeah, we don't do the tax planning. You have to go to your CPA. And so he went to a CPA and said, hey, I just recently attended this online workshop and I, I learned about all these cool tax planning strategies. Can you do that for me? And the CPA says, no, we, we don't do that. And the gentleman asked the CPA, well, who do I go to? And the CPA said, go to retirement planner. And that's, I mean, even CPAs don't do a lot of stuff we're talking about. They file your taxes. So it's important whether you're talking about estate planning or tax planning or income planning, retirement planning, you need to have the right professional for that particular function that you're looking to to fulfill. Well, and even to that point, if, you know, we could probably go on and on about stories we hear about people making that uh, realization about needing a retirement planner. But to that point, even we've heard where they go to their accumulation advisor and they're like, hey, we've never talked about doing Roth conversions before. Can you do that? And like, yeah, we can do that. And then they convert inside a different tax bracket amount of money. And now they're having all these extra tax fees and then Irma kicks in later down the road and not realizing or taking into consideration the implications of making those decisions because they're not looking at those other components as well. So even if they're telling you, oh yeah, we can do that. Well, what are the underlying you know, causes? What's the effect afterwards that we need to be thinking about also? Yeah, as a professional, it's really hard for a lot of professionals to say, yeah, well, that's not really what we do. We focus here. And so sometimes that will take place and then a result happens that is not a great result because you don't have that person who specializes in that. And that's why we are very clear on who we work, work with and what our specialties are. We work with those within 10 years of retiring or already retired, and that's it. So if you're 40 years old and you're in the accumulation phase, that's not that's not for us. In fact, we refer people who come to us to other advisors, accumulation advisors who specialize in that phase. So it's really important to understand who you work with, what their specialties are, and then make sure you have somebody on your team who specializes in that phase of life that you're in. I mentioned the SECURE Act. Don't worry. We did three podcasts on it. You'll get all the details on the legislation and how it impacts your retirement. Just check out our podcast library. 
Today, we've been focusing on retiring in your 60s, the decade of decisions. But we know that some people are looking at retirement in their 50s and some wait until their 70s. We've got two more podcasts that we'll be doing on retiring through the decades. And you heard Lauren mention the online journey to retirement workshop. You can check out that workshop by going to retirewithmerkel.com. Remember, Merkel's M-E-R-K-L-E. We'll have a link to that in our show notes. This has been Retiring Today, and we thank you for listening. Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. I want to hear you rap. Oh, ha, good one. All right. Oh, you mean wrap it up. Oh, I, sorry. Oh, I went somewhere else. Goodness. I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. That's what they call it in the biz. In the biz. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>